Hi, folks. Welcome to our Jet Centra podcast. I'm Sports Editor Steve Lyons. I'm uh, on the line here, as usual, with our columnist, Mike McIntyre. And as has been the case since the COVID-19 crisis, I'm in my office here at 1355 Mountain, and Mike is in his car on his driveway somewhere in Winnipeg. We can't reveal that exactly where he is. Parts unknown. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a nice day to be sitting in your car, I guess, Mike. The sun is shining and temperatures are a little nicer today. It's spring-like out there, isn't it? It is. And I, I was just thinking that as we go forward here, uh, my backyard might eventually replace my car, although just a little concerned about the wind and what that might do to the sound. Uh, the car is a nice uh, wind buffer, I guess. But yeah, it's beautiful. Um, after what seems like about 200 straight days of snow uh finally it looks like we've we've made it through double digit temperatures and and uh, spring is is hopefully here to stay let's hope so um you remind me uh, prior to this podcast i once did another podcast with our previous sports columnist now retired paul Wiesick. yes and i paul and i it was called white noise and one time paul and i did a podcast a couple times outdoors, but one time we did it sitting in his boat at the lake. <laughs> he was fishing. I watched, as usual. I don't fish. I just watch people fish because I like sitting in the boat. But, um, yeah, it was kind of fun. Yeah, we, 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 we could maybe do something like that, Mike, if we're ever allowed to get within one another again. Now imagine, Steve, and I know you like segues, so this this could actually be a good segue to our first topic, but imagine you guys were doing that, and Dustin Bufflin pulled up in his boat beside you, and you got an elusive exclusive uh, on the lake. How That would probably win an award, right? I, it would have, yeah. Unfortunately, we were in northern Ontario, and Dustin, I think, is typically, although who knows where Dustin Bufflin is these days. <laughs> he's and we know this for sure now is he is no longer a member of the winnipeg jets um last week now right was it last, last friday yeah last yeah. friday the, the breakup became official yeah yeah every day seems the same now um we got a notice from the nhl that uh, uh dustin bufflin and uh, winnipeg jets had mutually agreed to terminate his contract which still had another year left in it and also that they had settled the grievance that they had in relation to his injury in this season. That still is it still this season? Uh, I guess we still. Call I it. guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's still the postponed season, as we refer to it, and and so now he'll no longer be. He'll never play again. Well, I guess we can't say never. You never know what could happen in the world, uh, obviously, and that's. Um, but it does not look like Dustin Buffalo will play for the Winnipeg Jets again. And, and as I shared with you that morning, Mike, it was, it was, you know, it was a bittersweet. Um, I, I'm not a fan of the Jets and that I don't cheer for them to win or lose, but I certainly enjoyed watching Dustin Buffalo in the play. He was uh, a unique individual as a hockey player and very entertaining. I, I loved his smile. I did like his antics of when he would, uh, playfully trash talk uh, other players on other teams and and uh, you know his uh, mad handling of other players at times 
almost seemed fun. And then, of course, his, his hits that he would, his open ice hits were like, you know, um, second to none, as far as I can remember. And so, um, yeah, unique moment in the Winnipeg Jets. It just kind of, it was weird too, right? The way that it was announced, you know, uh, with this press release on a Friday morning in the middle of a global pandemic. Yeah, uh, you know, you look back at the way Dustin Bufflin exploded onto the scene here in Winnipeg. I don't know how many Winnipeg hockey fans knew much about Dustin Bufflin. I guess if you'd followed the NHL, you would have seen this unique player in the 2010 Stanley Cup Finals with Chicago. Yeah. He, was a, he was a forward then, of course, and he was a yeah. force. Yeah. Uh, but his introduction uh, to Jets fans came about five seconds into the first preseason game when he obliterated poor Matt Calvert, who probably thought that he was in for just a leisurely Sunday skate, first preseason game, first shift, and you're picking up uh, the rest of your body. Because Dustin Bufflin uh, stepped into Matt Calvert right off the opening draw. A star was born, a love affair was born that the Jets fans, I think, had with Dustin Bufflin. What is it about Manitoban, Steve? Two of his biggest hits were on Matt Calvert, good Manitoba kid, and poor Mark Stone, who uh, that probably took a year off Mark Stone's hockey career, that that hit that Dustin Bufflin threw on Stone when he was with the Ottawa Senators. Probably the biggest hit you'll ever see in hockey. Poor Mark Stone, those three words don't go together. No, <laughs> rich Mark Stone. <laughs> yeah. he, he, he did, and he's living in Vegas, so I, I don't imagine we should feel very sorry for yeah, him. But. Yeah, 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 yeah. Here's my Richard Burr plug of the week. I've seen both the Stone boys, Mark and Mike, work out at Richard Burr, and they're both really nice young men and and um, and deserve all that they they get. And so I, but I neither poor Mark Stone. Or <laughs> Yeah, Mike Stone, actually, he was bought out by the Flames last year, and then they re-signed him. And he's yeah, actually... I bumped yeah, into him at the airport, in the Calgary airport. There's there's something novel. I was actually in an airport uh, <laughs> in January. I was going down to Arizona, and I bumped into Mike Stone in the, in the Calgary airport, and we chatted a bit. He was going down to see his family on the on the bye week. Right. And, um, yeah, so... Um, He's probably down there now, I would imagine. I would think. Uh, but yeah, I mean, sort of an unceremonious end to the Dustin Bufflin era. Uh, I think we all knew this day was coming. Um, and, you know, par for the course, Dustin Bufflin was not going to hold a press conference down at Bell MTS Place or, or really say anything. I mean, his wife, Emily, posted a, a really nice tribute on her social media pages thanking the city and it, it does seem Steve to indicate that the Bufflins are likely leaving town. I suspect they're going to go back to Minnesota. Um, I understand they have a cottage out in Matlock that, that is up for sale. Um, so perhaps uh, they may already be back in Minnesota now during this pandemic. Uh, but this was never about Dustin Bufflin hating Winnipeg. He loved this community. Uh, it had everything that he could want, right? He loves hunting and fishing and, kind of a simple life so I, I don't know did you find it interesting I, I did a little bit that Kevin Shoveldayoff gave us some insight into the timeline including a couple times he said where 
he offered to trade Dustin Bufflin, and Bufflin and his agent said they didn't want that. So that would seem to indicate that this wasn't personal, that this really was about losing the desire to play hockey. Yeah, I don't think that there was any rancor uh, from Dustin Bufflin towards Winnipeg or the Winnipeg Jets. Um, uh, I think that there was some maneuvering once his agent got involved there uh, this season to try to maybe get some of the money out of this year's contract. And um, I, I don't blame anybody for trying to get some money out of a contract. Um, and, and it sounds like that was settled amicably to a certain degree. It sure. sounds like he'd lost his... Um, you know, he's 35 years old and he's made, I think the, we did the numbers at $1.50 million. And, um, uh, you know, just, I, I, listen, if I had 50, if I made $50 million, Mike, I'm not talking to you today, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> that buys a lot of votes. Time, but my desire to do podcasts would not be the same. I don't think <laughs> if I had dollars. Yeah, Dustin Bufflin has no desire to do podcasts either. But you're right, that $50 million, uh, if you invest it or save it, I mean, that buys a lot of fishing rods and boats and, and the sort of things that we know Dustin Bufflin is into. I mean, did, I have no doubt, Steve, you and I have talked about this. Was Were he and Blake Wheeler getting along last season? Probably not. Two, two alpha males, two big but very different personalities one who kind of eats, breathes, and sleeps the game in Blake Wheeler, and another who at times gives off the impression that he couldn't, that he doesn't give a damn in, in Dustin Bufflin. I'm sure they butted heads. You know, we've heard reports and rumblings, that sort of thing. Did that play a factor? Maybe. But I don't think Dustin Bufflin is walking away from $14 million here because his ego got bruised. Uh, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, this is really about a guy who lost the passion and good for him, right? For not just going through the motions. We, we see that far too often, I think, with athletes. And you look at them and say, geez, this guy should have hung it up a long time ago. Dustin Bufflin won't be one of those players. All right, folks, we're back for the second period of our Jet Center podcast. I'm Sports Editor Steve Lyons. I'm here with Mike McIntyre, our sports columnist. Mike, I'm looking at something pretty unique. I'm sitting on my uh, on my couch here. I've got three pictures in front of me, and one of them, they're all of baseball being played. <laughs> Breaking news from South Korea this week. Uh, the South Korean Baseball League announced it will start its delayed season on May 5th. And they wasted no time in getting preseason games going uh, yesterday. Um, it was an odd uh, scene. Uh, you know, I've looked at a bunch of pictures um, about it. Uh, they're going to have a bunch of exhibition games and training for the 10 teams. Um, and then so yesterday's, yesterday being Tuesday's games, were played with no fans allowed in the stadiums. Um, umpires wore masks and gloves and some of the coaches and the team staff wore masks in the dugouts and uh, some of the players and then one coach I saw in a picture wore messages on their caps that mm. read Corona 19 out. <laughs> <laughs> COVID-19 only- better, but Corona 19 yeah. as well. Um, it's all good. I think we get the gist of it. <laughs> so, you know, what I see here is, um, is uh, professional sports um, resuming action. Uh, South Korea has been uh, ahead of the curve, uh, pardon the, the, the use of that there, of, of, yeah. of dealing with COVID-19. Um, but um, there's lots of talk that continues to be talk, and we continue to talk 
about the possibility of of uh, of baseball or sports returning. Geez, even uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci, the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, uh, was quoted on Mondays talking about baseball, and um, he said, you know, it's more likely that you're going to have a more of a television baseball, right? Baseball, but at least we'd have something, and so. Um, I think that probably lots of sports uh, administrators and league officials would will be watching to see how this goes in South Korea. Um, no, no word from the NHL yet on what might happen, eh? No, but there there are there's more rumblings today, Steve. Um, just looking uh, some guy in Florida, uh, a radio host, it was on some conference call with with one of the executives with the Florida Panthers, and I guess that guy today, the executive that is, made a, a somewhat bold proclamation, almost stating that, that he really believes that the NHL is going to resume in July and that they will finish the regular season. And he kind of laid out how it might look, that they're, they're not doing the neutral site thing that was sort of talked about that it would actually be where they would find maybe four or five cities. And I'd have to think, we talked about this before, Steve, Winnipeg might be up there on that list as as looking at kind of hosting a, a, a number of games. Um, so, you know, there, there's certainly a desire, no doubt about it, to try and, and return to play. And it just doesn't it feel kind of like how things got shut down. Once one did it, everybody else followed I gotta think that a return to play is going to be similar. Somebody's gonna have to go first, and then once they do, you may see sort of a trickle turn into a flood. Um, baseball, to me, baseball is a sport you could play it in an empty stadium, and you wouldn't lose much by way of atmosphere at times. I mean, it's not like there's constant cheering and that sort of thing. Like I think you could watch a baseball game on TV in an empty stadium. And it would seem fairly close to the real thing, right? Except for the annoying people behind you that are always talking. It's yeah. Like <laughs> or now, what about on their phone? Like, how about the people that are on their phones during a baseball game? And there's a lot of them, for sure. Like, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, talk- I saw I don't mean looking at their phones. I mean talking on their phone. Oh. <laughs> uh, I mean, better at a baseball game than a movie theater, I guess. And I've seen yeah. people do that as well. Yeah. Um, I think I saw, it might have been in Japan, maybe it was Korea, where they're actually, Steve, they put mannequins in the stands. Did you see that? <laughs> no, I didn't. But I did, I did see that, yeah. Yeah, to emulate fans, I guess. I don't know. Who's that for? Is that to make the players feel like they're being <laughs> I don't know what the point of that is. Um, but uh, they should have a few mannequins just for fun, like talking on their phone, just just to annoy you. Have you heard anything about the possibility that there would be fans in this stand? I got an email this week from a sports betting um, line. I get these emails all the time, yeah. giving, giving odds on different things. I don't know if you saw this one, Mike. But I get they, them too, yes. <laughs> these, or these people actually laid out the odds. They did the odds of how many people uh, would get infected if there was actually people in the stands at various different, this was a U.S. market, parks. Uh, and they right. came from baseball, basketball, and NHL. And 
and they and they're laying odds on this. Yeah, they were laying odds. On, uh, well, they weren't. You weren't. You couldn't gamble on it. What they were saying was, oh. here, here are the odds of somebody getting infected by the coronavirus. If if the if the part if the rink was full, to right. Pack, and they based the numbers on June first, June fifteenth, and July first. And so they they I found the numbers somewhat interesting, and I don't know them to be true, and I don't know the science behind them, but. They, they were suggesting that, hypothetically, at Chicago's United Center, if they had a game played there July the 1st, based on all the projections that are out right now, and there was 18,804 people in the rink, that 44 people would get infected. <laughs> 0.24%. And so, and, and Boston TD Garden was 10 people would get infected out of 19,000. And so they were, I, what they were saying, I guess, was that, that, you know, this is something that they might just have to accept uh, if you want to have fans in the stands. And Minnesota's target center was 316 people. Now, I don't know that public health officials are going to allow something like this. I don't right. know. What, I mean, maybe in Texas they might. I mean, they're, well, they're thinking about doing all kinds of crazy things. Yeah. But the other part of that number, Steve, is then, so those 44 people, say, from the yeah. United Center, how many did they then go infect? Well, yeah, depending on that other infection rate number, if it's one. Sure. So, I mean, are they suggesting that if you attended a sporting event, then you would self-quarantine just to, like, you'd have to go into seclusion for two two weeks? I mean, what sports fan is going to want to do that, right? Yeah. Uh, listen, you chatted with um, you have a story in tomorrow's paper uh, with Dale Howarchuk, who yeah. has um, just finished his final chemo treatment, right, for stomach cancer. And he did, yeah, last week. He thinks it's he thinks the prospect of any sports returning before a vaccine is is ludicrous. Like, he really does. Been in empty ranks and stuff. Yeah, he does. He said the risk to the players, to staff, to you know, all the support staff that would have, and this is a guy, I mean, Dale Howarchuk is coming at this from a guy who has been fighting for his own life for the last eight months, kind of, you know, he's been on the front lines, if you will, as a patient of the medical system. And so I, I get that he's probably extra sensitive right now to the idea, but he's also a NHL Hall of Famer. And you'd think if there ever was a guy to be rooting for the return of sports, he's a, he's a junior hockey coach in Barrie, of course, but he's saying, in his opinion, um, what we need to we need to get the world healthy before we can uh, think of, of getting sports back. So, um, you know, his he's of the opinion that we need a vaccine first, however long that takes, and if that means sports has to take a vaccine, until then, so be it. Folks, we're back for the third period of our Jet Centra podcast. Um, Mike, we were chatting about um, us athletes and um, and uh, fans at the stands, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, in the last period, so um, a, a few things came up. Uh, one thing that caught my attention this week, of course, uh, was um, Tom Brady uh, yeah. working out in a downtown Tampa park, kind of flaunting the covid rules of he wasn't he wasn't uh given a ticket but he was uh, warned to get them out of the park um another story i read was Dak prescott the quarterback of the dallas cowboys 
um, had a dinner party that apparently had 30 people there. He later said that he claims that it was less than 10. Um, and then you have uh, Novak Djokovic. Oh, boy. Yeah. Refused compulsory vaccination. Then maybe saying he wouldn't if tennis resumed. Um, after his handlers obviously told him what an idiot he sounded like. Um, an anti-boxer. Yeah, Major League Baseball players are upset about the prospect of teams uh, that they might have to take additional pay cuts if they're played in empty ballparks. Um, a lot of different things going on with athletes and saying things and doing things. And um, I, The one positive one that I read was uh, Barcelona players, including Lionel Messi, agreed to a 70% pay cut so that other employees could earn their full wages. Now, if you yeah, that's going to happen if the NHL does get going with no fans in the stands. Um, do you think the NHL players are going to take a pay cut? <laughs> Heck no. I mean, they're not not without a fight. And I talked to a couple player agents last week about that very topic. And and um, so much for the brotherhood, I guess, right? Of, of Because it, it wouldn't just be... They wouldn't just be taking a pay cut to say help, you know, the lower, the support staff or whatever, and and office workers, things like that. They'd potentially be doing it to help their fellow players out who who either don't have contracts or need new contracts to kind of redo the whole financial picture of the NHL. And so, you know, this sort of all for one, one for all mentality. Uh, not so much, I imagine, when it comes to their own paychecks. It'll be interesting. Yeah. NHL does have a, their collective bargaining is set up in a way that the players are paid a certain amount of the revenue, right? Right. There's a formula. So if the revenue is down and it would be because there's nobody in the stands, I guess they would automatically, the salary cap would go down, right? But that wouldn't necessarily mean that Blake Wheeler would be getting paid. That would just mean the salary cap goes down, right? It would mean the cap goes down, but then so what do you do for the guys that are locked in on their contracts? I mean, uh, we at the Free Press, Steve, as you know, we took a 20% shave to everybody did uh, to help the growing... Right, because revenues are down. So uh, would would NHL players agree to a universal 20% cut? Agents I talked to said they don't see it, and I mean, could it be forced upon them? I don't know. I mean, those CBAs are pretty; they include like lots of minutia, right? And I imagine if it's not if it's not in the CBA, good luck trying to get it to happen. And so that may not leave a whole lot of pie left for the rest of the players who want to eat. Uh, yeah, guys, they, guys like Patrick Laine who need a new deal in the year. Uh, the, the Premier League soccer players took a 25% pay cut, I believe. I mean, it, 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 I think that's what it was, yeah. And they voted. And uh, as a, and, and the uh, the players, the Major League Baseball players, did vote to take a decrease in pay based on the number of games that will be played this year. So, right. for example, if, if, if 10 games are missed and they only play 152 games, they would forfeit a 10 162nd sure. of their salary type of thing yeah i mean the closest the nhl players have come to this i guess steve is 
for now, I believe, and I think J- Jason Bell wrote about this last week for us, they've, they've uh, held off on cashing their final checks. Don't forget, players, they're not paid for the playoffs. They're, it's all prorated, right, from the start of the regular season to the end. They were all supposed to get their last checks uh, last week, I believe, in April, and that would be it for the year. And for now, I believe they've, they've held off on cashing them and I guess the thinking is they'll revisit that, and and maybe if they if they gave that money back, that would offset some of the future revenue loss. Um, I know it's still being discussed. So yeah, it's a whole new world out there for sure. Um, and just going back to your first point, like athletes who who have a big voice and a big platform and are using it in a way that is encouraging their their fans and their followers to do things that are stupid or reckless like those are the worst those people are the worst um you know basically if you don't have something positive to say it right now just shut the hell up um and and unfortunately too many athletes not just athletes celebrities you know actors actresses that sort of thing uh they often stick their foots in their mouths and so for the the players that are supposed to be leaders or role models uh they're not acting like it in a lot of ways I've been more impressed with the entertainment and the movie industry celebrities, frankly, than I have been with athletes uh, of late, and that's a switch for me, frankly. Yeah. Did you watch the? Uh, did you watch the? I want to call it a telethon. It really wasn't. Did you watch the two-hour event last Saturday? I thought it was like eight-hour. The YouTube <laughs> thing with all the. Yeah. Yeah. I, I only watched. watched I yeah, I, I watched, watched the, the television part, part, which was two, but uh, I thought it was well done. It was good. Yeah, I watched quite a bit of it. Um, I thought that the uh, a the so a lot of the performances were really really good. Didn't uh, the Rolling Stones sound great? Man, Mick Jagger was awesome. He was. He was, he was mackerel. He was good. And you know, I, I'll say Annie Lennox, and then her daughter. Oh my yes. God, they, they were wonderful. And and then I thought that just the stuff in between. Uh, the performers was was really really good too. I, I know this segment we normally talk about a little bit of TV, and uh, but um, yeah, I thought it was really really good. Um, one thing back to money uh, that we wanted. And I know that you wanted to have a little bit of a rant on today, and it's funny that you brought it up. I was having a chat with a, a, a friend of mine yesterday, and she's having an impossible time getting money back from Sunwing. Yeah. For canceled trip that she had to Cuba in March and then you're telling me now that you're not getting flights refunded what, what's going on I thought they yes. were giving money back how can they not give money back if they've canceled trips yeah they are they are they are saying we're giving it back to you but only in the form of a future flight credit and I've seen them give a two-year window my wife and I we were supposed to be going to Las Vegas at the end of May for our 20th anniversary, we had tickets to see our absolute favorite comedian for the very first time ever in person. Uh, that's been canceled. The flight with Sebastian Maniscalco. I don't know if we've ever seen him. He's absolutely hilarious. I've never even heard of him. Yeah, he's uh, he's a he's a um, he's a pretty big name. Uh, will you? What's that? I will send you a link for sure. Uh, he's got a couple Netflix specials as well. So he was playing at the Win at the end of May. We were, we had our tickets for him. 
they just finally canceled uh, his shows earlier this week, and our flights got canceled as well. We were going to cancel them anyways. But, yeah, no, no refund, just a flight credit. Same goes, Steve, for a number of Jets trips that, uh, of course, when the season came to a pause, I was in Calgary, supposed to be going on to uh, Vancouver, uh, was supposed to be covering the last road trip of the year as well, which was through Calgary, Colorado, and Phoenix. So all of those flights were canceled, but right now the airline is holding my money, or our money in the case of the free press trips, uh, hostage. And we should be charging them interest if they're not going to give us the money back. I get that the airline industry is hurting, but sitting on people's money right now uh, strikes me as a little tone deaf, doesn't it? Absolutely. Mike, we chatted uh, quite a bit. You were just chatting about flying. You might use those tickets at some point to fly somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm wondering how you feel or whether you've given any thought to how you might prepare yourself or what you'd be prepared to do to actually cover uh, the NHL if it uh, starts again. Um, I, I have no clue what that's going to look like yeah. for journalists. Um, it sounds like the South Korea Baseball League had journalists, and I see in the picture some people uh, with cameras sitting and with notebooks looking at the game. Um, I'm wondering what type of um, restrictions would be in place for you to be able to go. Yeah, and it's a great question because, like, on one hand, I would argue the need to be there would be greater than ever just to document what a return looks and sounds and feels like to be able to, to take it all in and, and doing that, say, from your couch, watching a game on television, right. like, covering it that way would not work. But I do wonder, as you do, what that would look like. I mean, for me personally, um, the, the journalist in me wants to get out there, right? And... and uh, and as soon as we'd be able to go cover something like that, like I'd be chopping at the bit to go do it. Obviously, though, you'd have to take the various health considerations into play. And so, I mean, I think for me, I would be wearing a mask, you know, at the airport and changing the way I guess I go about. I wouldn't be shaking hands with anybody. I'd be keeping my distance. Um, because I imagine that even when we do go back to some sense of normalcy, there will be many social distancing practices still in play uh, from restaurants to hotels, to airports, to post-game interviews. But for sure, I mean, I would, uh, I, I dream of that day every day of being able to get back out there and kind of cover it because I think that a return of sports will be signaling in some ways a return of, of normal life or whatever normal is. And I would want to be as close to the front lines, if you will, documenting that for us. Uh, and I hope that, that we're able to do that. Well, it's certainly, you know, from, I was thinking about this the other day. From a, from a journalistic point of view, this is certainly the most interesting, one of the most interesting storylines that we've had. Um, for sure. Uh, uh, other than the Bombers finally winning the Great Cups. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. That was unique. It hadn't happened in 30 years. so <laughs> It was. <laughs> so, um, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's got me wondering, you know, big time what 
covering sports is going to look like um, over the next um, multiple years, really. I mean, um, that becomes part of the story, right? In how we tell the story, for sure. Yeah, sure it does. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I guess here in North America, it sounds like the first thing that journalists will be able to cover, and I guess they're going to cover it, and we'll have to see how that goes as the PGA events that are scheduled to go in June. Yeah, uh, that'll be interesting. Uh, by the way, we do we do have an update, right? Uh, do we have an update on whether there's going to be golf here in Manitoba in May? Well, certainly the I, the pieces that I put together last week, uh, golf course uh, uh, managers and executives, they're under the understanding, Steve. They believe strongly that uh, come the beginning of May, with with certain provisions in place that may include not being able to touch the flagstick. One to a cart, the clubhouses are fully be closed or, or at least greatly restricted. But the golf courses in Manitoba are certainly on track to open starting the beginning of May, which I guess is great news for people who will be looking for another outlet to, uh, to get outdoors and do something, I guess, competitively, um, you know, that, that, uh, that can be done in a safe way. So that seems to be the plan. Uh, of course, things could change, but given what our numbers are doing right now here in Manitoba, even over the last week since they told me that, I have to think we're very much on track. I can't imagine that they wouldn't be open. All right, folks, that's about all the time we have today. Mike, always great to chat with you. Um, it's a beautiful day out there, uh, folks. Uh, the weather is going to be nice over the next little while. Please get on and enjoy it, but please remember to uh, keep, uh, keep your distance. Absolutely. For me. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll talk to you in a week. Take care. Okay, bye.